Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 22. In light of our culture, this is probably the most unacceptable verse in the Bible. Women's rights, equality of women, has destroyed the young people's belief in what this verse is. You listen to it in the Living Bible. It says, Wives must submit to your husband's leadership in the same way you submit to the Lord. Imagine that. You see, the husband is supposed to be the head of the family. And the head means source. It's his responsibility to provide the resources that the wife needs to carry out her role in the home. But the man is to be the head. And if the wife will not let him be the head, you have a monster because you have a two-headed institution. And that won't work. The husband, as we read, as we go on, um, the husband is to love the wife as much as Christ loved the church. How much did Christ love the church? He gave his life for the church. I've yet to see a man that wouldn't do anything for his wife when she submitted to his leadership. The woman was taken from the side of man, not the head and not the feet. Man is not supposed to lord it over his wife or walk all over her. He is supposed to listen to her. And I think when a woman is filled with the Spirit, doesn't have to have her way, is willing to cooperate. Very few men aren't willing to cooperate with their wife when that is their character. It just works. A husband is in charge of his wife in the same way Christ is in charge of the of the church. He gave his life to take care of them. So your wives willingly obey your husband in everything, just as the church obeys Christ. And listen to the to the husband's command. Sam always said that the the husband had the worst worst command. Husbands, show the same kind of love to your wives as Christ showed to the church when he died for her to make her holy and clean, washed by baptism and God's word, so that he'd give her to himself as a glorious church without a single spot or wrinkle or any other blemish, being holy and without a single fault. This is how husbands should treat their wives loving them as parts of themselves. And I can't recall the verse right now. But it says, if you don't love your wife, God won't hear your prayers. I'll have to look that up. I don't want to stop this tape and look it up now. But that's what it says. That's a scary thing. And when a husband will love his wife that much, it makes it so easy for her to submit. So don't you see how this works? 
cooperate with each other and honor God. And wives, submit to the leadership of your husband so that he can lead. And husbands, love your wife and do the best for her. Present her a prize of yours. I was also fortunate that my husband was proud of me. And because of that, I considered his likes in everything I bought or everything I did. If your husband is proud of you, you don't want to go buy something that he don't like. The people in the stores in the town where I live always thought I was a wimp because I said, I'll take it home, but if Sam doesn't like it, I'm bringing it back. And they used to say, I can't believe you only buy what Sam likes. And I thought, you just don't know what joy it is to put on a garment and have him say, that looks great. And then when I went out with him in it, he was proud of me to be there. It just works. You're supposed to love your wife as much as you love yourself. You ever thought about that? That's why Sam said it was hard. You're not selfish and egotistical. You're not arrogant, throwing your weight around at home. No one hates his own body, but lovingly cares for it, as Christ cares for his body, the church, of which we are parts. I've been home for six weeks. I live on a street in a neighborhood full of young couples, and it has been a joy for me to look out the front window of my house and see dads pushing strollers. I didn't used to see that. Dads were at work. Now they're out with their kids. And yesterday I saw one come by with this t almost probably three-year-old in a little car. And he had it was a remote, remote control car. And the little child was there, and the man was directing it down the sidewalk. It's been so fun to look out and see men and women with their children walking down the street. I have to say that's a good part of this jobless society we're in. Now, what's the next verse? The husband and wife are one body. It says, a man must leave his father and mother when he marries so that he can be perfectly joined to his wife, and the two shall be one. You leave and you cleave. It's funny that this came out of Genesis. When God created Adam and then created Eve and brought her to him, that's where this was first spoken. You leave and cleave and become one. Now, that's funny, because they didn't have any in-laws. They didn't have anybody to leave. But it was for their future. It's not two joined together. It's one. Your money is your money. Not my money and his money. Your decisions or your decisions not mine and his, 
and who wins. Then in the Bible it says, I know it's hard to understand, but it's an illustration of the way we are parts of the body of Christ. You see, we're one with Christ. (laughs) We're in Him and He's in us. And we're one body. One. So again, I say a man must love his wife as a part of himself. And the wife must see to it that she deeply respects her husband, obeying, praising, and honoring him. I say again, men, be honorable. When, you're not, when you don't have an honorable character, you make it impossible for your wife to obey God. No one can respect a person who's not respectable. So you be respectable, and then she will praise you, obey you, and honor you. Now we come to chapter 6. God doesn't leave out the children. Children, obey your parents. This is the right thing to do because God has placed them in authority over you. And this is another thing that distresses me. Parents now think the children should make decisions for themselves. Children don't have experience and knowledge. They can't make decisions for themselves wisely because wisdom means applying knowledge. They don't have experience. I cannot believe how children today are left to fend for themselves. I see... I see young 10, 11-year-old boys in groups going down to the little village near where I live. Footloose and fancy free. And then I find out that they take their cell phones down to a favorite restaurant where the kids hang out. They put the cell phones in the bushes and leave. I don't know where they go. Why do they do that? Because if the parents try to trace them or track them, they say, oh, they're down there. They're all right. They're having a good time. They're off doing whatever. Parents, be the authority in your child's life. When I finish Ephesians, I'm going to do a series on parenting. The most important book you would ever read is the book Sam and I wrote on parenting. It's the best book on the market, not because we wrote it, but because it's based on scripture. And parenting is the hardest job anybody ever has. And it, when the child is born, parenting begins and it lasts a lifetime. My children are in their 60s and I'm still their mom. I'm still concerned about them. I still want to hear from them. And we were taught to be the authority in their life. But you have to get in shape to be the authority. And that's what our next series is going to be all about. Honor your father and mother in chapter 6. This is the first of God's commandments that ends with a promise. And this is the promise. If you honor your father and mother, 
you will have a long life full of blessings. So parents, again, the same goes to you. Be honorable. I've wondered, as we've been home for six weeks, how many homes are filled with parents fighting, fighting with children, children fighting with parents. Can't get out, can't have friends over. It's hard on everybody. That's why you need to know what God's will is for your life, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, having a song in your heart, a thankful attitude, and a cooperative spirit. I used to scream at my children. I'll tell you about it in our next episode, in our next segment. I was horrified at how I talked to them. I'm horrified sometimes at how parents talk to their children walking down the street. I was walking my dog one day, and the lady in front of me had three little boys, and she started screaming at one of those children. I walked by her, and I said, Oh, it's hard raising three little boys. I have a parenting book I wrote I'd like to give you. She looked at me stunned. I knew where she lived, and I said, I'll put it in your mailbox. I did, and guess what? I never heard from her. I have to assume either she didn't read it or she didn't like it because I never saw her again. And then the next verse says, And now a word to you parents. Listen to this. Don't keep on scolding and nagging your children making them angry and resentful. Bring them up with the loving discipline the Lord himself approves with suggestions and godly advice. And we'll talk about how to discipline your children. There's a big difference in discipline and punishment. When I learned that, I found I had three well-punished, undisciplined children. Discipline is doing what you are told when you don't want to. There aren't a lot of disciplined children around today because it takes too much energy and effort and time. And parents don't want to give their energy and time to making their children do what they tell them to do. So we'll finish this this book and then we'll go into detail over that. But finally, in conclusion, verse um, 5 says, Slaves, obey your masters. Be eager to give them your very best. Serve them as you would Christ. I have found through my grandchildren that the word servant and slave is, is a dirty word. They don't think we should use that anymore. But you know what? Paul was a slave to Jesus Christ. And he was a servant. And it's an honor to be a servant. I have ladies that come and help me keep my house clean. They're dear, sweet Christians. They come in with a smile on their face, and they go to work, and they do for me what I'm almost getting too old to do. And I cherish them. And I certainly don't look down on them but they give me their best. And when I couldn't have them come anymore, I paid them anyway. 
because that's not fair. They need the money. Don't just work hard when your master's watching and then shriek when he's not looking. Work hard with gladness all the time as they're working for Christ. Doing the will of God with all your hearts. The Lord will pay you for each good thing you do, whether you're a slave or free. Think about these things. They're different from what the world teaches. They're God's word for your benefit. Thank you for listening. God bless you.